0: yes sir it's your boy jelani reed and welcome into the latest edition of Read between the lines that is r b t l you know it all right you know the drill go to instagram follow at the rbtl show all right for more of my takes more episode updates thank you for being here if you're on youtube be sure to watch like and subscribe tell your family and friends about it And if you're listening to me, or if you're listening to me on multiple streaming platforms, I'll be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Anchor FM, Radio Public. You will find me anywhere and everywhere. So thank you again for listening to the show. Today's episode, well, you know about the show already. Talk a lot about NFL and NBA. That is the premise. But today, we are going through a lot of NBA, okay? There's a lot of basketball uh, discussion to, to be had there's MVP there's KD there's the New York Knicks um, all of that and, and more to come but I will begin with the NFL and the NFL draft specifically it's in a week right and I will have a mock draft episode by the way uh, coming out very soon but I need to focus on one prospect um, above the rest alright but again just be ready for a nice episode I, I'm hyped for this one Sit back, relax for 30 minutes plus with me on this beautiful day. Hope you guys are doing well. And let's go. Okay. So, for the big one of today's episode, I want to discuss a problem I have. I want to talk about something that is bothering me at this time during this draft process. There are so many prospects out here, so many good ones this year. I'm focusing on one that I feel has been done wrong during this whole process right and we see examples of him come out every year I believe that Ohio State Buckeyes quarterback star quarterback Justin Fields his stock dropping and dropping lower and lower during this process is the latest case of the black quarterback being nitpicked and publicly attacked for no reason. Now, we all know Justin Fields, and for those who don't know, he is a top three quarterback prospect in this draft. And we know how important the quarterback is. He's going, in my opinion, if I was in charge of New York, the Jets, that is, I'm taking Justin Fields, number two overall, I think Justin Fields is 1B in this draft, Trevor Lawrence is 1A, and I believe Justin Fields is 1B, that is my opinion, right, he's one of the best prospects to come out this year, now, the problem I have is that he is just a guy who... Falls in line with so many that have come before him in terms of the black quarterback who come out, who are draft prospects, but who are nitpicked unfairly, right? And what we just saw a few days ago sources say that um, teams have become aware um, that Justin Fields manages epilepsy, right? And he has been managing that for years since he was younger so obviously this is a neurological disorder that can cause seizures right seizures and and this hasn't affect his play on the field and he can manage it like I said he can manage it um, you know doctors are confident that he'll grow out of it um, we again we haven't seen signs of it when he's playing or anything right and I applaud him for getting through this As a quarterback as well you know with all you got to deal with he 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 manages it he gets through it doesn't seem to bother him that much because he's a great player week in and week out Um, you know despite all he goes through right but it's the fact that this came out a week before the draft did he give the okay for NFL Network ESPN Fox all these guys to you know put this out there because now my thing is, like, when they, when this came out, I was like, man, okay, he has epilepsy. I hope he's good. I hope this doesn't ruin anything. I hope he, you know, I hope he's healthy, um, when on and off the field. I hope this doesn't affect him um, as much on and off the field. But I was also thinking about the NFL teams right now who are looking for a prospect in the first round, and I was like, wait a minute our teams now going to be like oh man he's got epilepsy might as well might as well pick another quarterback might as well pass on him got to look somewhere else so i thought about that right i thought and it's not bad again he he can control it he can you know get through it he can manage it but it's like our teams going to look beyond Justin Fields because of this and this is not the first thing the the whole draft process This year, we have seen Justin Fields be ridiculed for no reason. Okay, can I give you some of what he's done recently? He's a Heisman Trophy finalist. Heisman Trophy is the equivalent to the MVP of college football. He's been that. He's a two-time Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year. He led Ohio State to more than one college football playoff. He led them to the championship game. I know they lost, but he he got them there. And yet, we hear a lot of discourse, a lot of rhetoric, that teams are worried about, that he lacks the intangibles. That he lacks the character. That he's not good at, you know, his progression. You know, his reads on the field. He's not that serious about winning. Um, He's not serious about leading a team. Um, He lacks the skill at the QB spot. Um, He's not as hard working. Where are we getting this from? Where are we? Because, look, when he entered college football... He, when he transferred, I should say, from Georgia and went to Ohio State, we were like, okay, in a few years, he's going to be a top five pick. Fields and Trevor Lawrence. Both of them are going to be at the top of the 2021 NFL draft. We all said this. And all he's done since being the Buckeyes quarterback is get better and better and better. So, and, and, and first, first, look at this. Right before uh, draft season, everyone was like, okay, Fields, he's going number two to the Jets. He's going second overall. Some people said, you know, some people made the case, should he go before Lawrence to the Jaguars at number one overall? And yet, as soon as draft season rolls around, we want to talk about, oh, he can't do this, he can't do that. He lacks this, he lacks that. Where did we get this from? What lies are we putting forth for all to see? Can you hear me? Are the speakers on? I need you to hear me. Where are we getting this from? Dan Orlovsky, first example. He said that he heard from a source that Fields was a last guy in, first guy out type of quarterback. Talking about the locker room, talking about you know his character. And teams were worried about... You know, did he have the desire to be a great quarterback? Or did he have the desire to be just a great athlete? Obviously, Orlovsky apologized apologized about these things, saying that, you know, didn't have the desire to be the best quarterback out there. It's wrong. ESPN, Mort, Chris Mortensen, Reported that some scouts out there have questioned Justin Fields' throwing mechanics, right? Suggesting that playing baseball in high school messed with his ability to make a pass. What? Can I say something to you? Pro Football Focus argues that notion because he's made, according to Pro Football Focus, he's made more pro-level throws than guys that everyone's putting over him. In the draft order, and on their draft boards, and in their mock drafts, he has made more pro-level throws than them. So I don't know what this playing in baseball in high school has anything to do with, you know, his lack of QB ability. That doesn't make any sense to me. We have seen this time and time again. Can I go back in time with you, Doug Williams? He should have gone way earlier than he did in the draft, but he was a black quarterback. They didn't believe he could lead a team, didn't believe that he was smart enough to play the position. Warren Moon, the first and only black quarterback in the Hall of Fame, he was so good. He was so good. But the problem is, again, didn't think he was a leader, didn't think he was good enough to play the quarterback position at the NFL level. So guess what, he had to play in Canada in the CFL had to dominate the CFL for him to get an opportunity in the NFL. And then we saw, oh man, okay, yeah, he was actually good all along. Deshaun Watson, they were roasting him. When he was coming out with Trubisky and Mahomes, people were knocking him for not being that guy, you know, not having the it factor. Hello? Did he not have one of the greatest you know championship games against Alabama remember that yeah the one he won yeah so i don't know where that came from and you you've seen it how good he's been since getting in the league russell wilson he fell to the third round despite being a good college player despite having the intangibles lamar jackson remember bill polian saying lamar jackson should play wide receiver Because he's quick, because he he got speed, because he could run with a football? No. By the way, Lamar got the Heisman right before entering the draft. And still, people were like, he isn't a quarterback. Of course, yeah, you know, compared to other prospects, his passing isn't the greatest, but he could throw the football. Can he not? And you saw it. 2019 MVP So he made everyone be quiet This is again another case of a black quarterback coming in the draft process and being ridiculed for no reason He's outplayed Trevor Lawrence. Remember they played each other twice two semifinal games Right he outplayed uh, Lawrence twice. I know they're split 1-1 in that series, but like we just saw this this past um, January, Fields outplayed him. So, I don't get all this rhetoric. But again, I'm not surprised. He is a black quarterback. Black quarterbacks have to go through this. No matter how, how good you are. No matter how many Heisman trophies you have. No matter how many accolades you have yards you have touchdowns you have no matter how big you are as a star of a good team like Justin Fields is of the Ohio State Buckeyes no matter how great you can be no matter the upside because fields has a lot of upside might have the most in this draft despite all of this we look back to Oh wait, he's a black quarterback. Can we trust him? This is what NFL teams are saying. Can we trust him? Does he understand the game? Is he that type of leader we're looking for? Can he manage a locker room? Can he deal with things off the field? Will things like epilepsy get in the way of him being great? Despite the fact that he's gone through this, this whole time and he's played at an a plus level. I hope that Justin Fields goes crazy and plays fantastic wherever he ends up because I just I'm tired of the black quarterback being publicly shamed especially in the draft process. They'll do anything to nitpick you. You could be the best prospect in the draft. Justin Fields arguably has the most upside among quarterbacks in this draft. But the fact of the matter is he's a black quarterback. So they will find whatever it is to knock him down draft boards. They will do whatever it is to ensure that teams look beyond him. Look to a guy like Mac Jones. They will do whatever it takes To knock a guy, despite the fact he might not have any character problems. But they will still put him behind a guy. Hate to say it, Mac Jones, he got two DUIs. Had he been a black quarterback, he would have not been considered to be third overall. Or likely third overall pick with the San Francisco 49ers right now. I'll guarantee you that. If that was Justin Fields with the two DUIs... He will be dropping down draft boards in a minute. They'll do whatever it takes to knock you down. No matter who you are. No matter how great you are. No matter what school you've played for. Not all of them have gone through this. I don't see that much about Trey Lance. But a guy like Justin Fields, who's done it time and time again, biggest stage, gets flamed for nothing. So I hope that he goes out there and balls out wherever he ends up. If that's New York, if that's San Francisco, if that's, I don't know, all right? But I'm tired of it. But let's move to the countdown, all right? Now we got some basketball. All right, we got some basketball MVP talks. MVP talks are heating up. Um, Honestly, this season, it's been okay because everyone's hurt. I'm going to talk about that later. But the one thing holding this season together are the MVP discussions. Now, a lot of people are like, should Steph Curry be the MVP right now? My answer is no. I love Steph Curry. My favorite player along with Dame Lillard. You guys know this. I've loved Steph Curry since he was at Davidson because that's the first college basketball I remember watching. Steph Curry, okay? I love what he's done. He, I know he had 18 points against the Wizards the other night but prior to that, he was going insane. 40 plus point games, 30 plus point games. All these things happening. Can't miss any shots, all this stuff. But the fact of the matter is they're not winning enough the warriors aren't winning enough they are not good without him on the floor i think they got like what one win without steph curry on the floor so that kind of helps his case right but they are ninth place in the western conference they just aren't winning enough let's say they go on a streak where they end up uh top five i don't think it's likely let's say they finish sixth fifth or fourth in the conference that's when we can really think about okay step for mvp i see it right now i don't see it i don't see how a guy especially if they don't make the playoffs i don't see how he can win the mvp right and my mvp right now is nikola jokic can we please put some respect on this brother's name are these speakers on can you hear me can we put some respect on, I feel like we overlook him because he's not from America not from North America in general he's he's a European guy um, he's not the flashiest dude but this guy could play man he's averaging nearly a triple double he's a flat-out incredible passer to me I'm sorry I still believe he is the best big in the NBA no disrespect to Joel Embiid. No disrespect. That's just my opinion. He doesn't have Jamal Murray out there. He's gone. They're undefeated without him. right? But Jamal Murray, you know how important he is to Denver. right? He's gone. They're still top four in the West. They're still putting up wins. And guess what? Jokic is likely to have the best PER ever player efficiency rating, ever, of all time, so, my thing is, he deserves the MVP, right, because, again, without him, who are the Denver Nuggets, who are they, so, Steph, he might be going crazy, but we saw this in 06 with Kobe, how crazy Kobe went, that was the, the year that he got those 81 points, got all of these 50 point games, 60 point, like, all that stuff didn't happen for him. I believe Harden a few years back. He had he had averaged like 36 points per game. I I think. Right? He didn't get MVP. Right? You gotta, you gotta have the team's success along with your success. So as for Steph Curry, I don't see it. But sticking with Steph Curry, sticking with Steph Curry, I gotta talk about his former teammate. It seems like I talk about this guy a lot. Kevin Durant. Again, look, I like KD. He could play okay I liked him ever since he was in Seattle remember the Sonics yeah but I always have an issue with this guy it seems like he always gets on my nerves when he says something or does something on social media I don't know. so I need to tell you that he's being um, flamed right now by the public Kevin Durant that is for liking a tweet About Steph Curry let's let's read this thing okay so here's a tweet by somebody who said Kevin Durant was better than Steph Curry though both those years okay so those years being uh, 2017 2018 when they played together laughing emojis everybody knows it bro don't try and kid yourself this MF Curry needed another MVP and three all-stars to get the job done trash ass this was liked by Kevin Durant himself on Twitter. Caught in 4 k Kevin Durant is jealous. He is jealous of Steph's greatness. He is jealous. This just shows me that he's jealous about how the Golden State Warriors fan base adores Steph and loves him way more, and loved him way more when they played together, they loved him way more than they loved Katie. They loved Steph way more. We all know that Kevin Durant was the best talent, the best player on the Golden State Warriors. We know that. Once he joined, we, we knew that. But let's not act like this wasn't Steph Curry's team. Let's not act like this wasn't Steph Curry's squad. Let's not act like Steph Curry wasn't the face of the franchise still. Right? He's jealous. And the problem is, you know, I don't agree with this. I think that Steph Curry and company, I think they would have won another championship, either that be 2017 or 2018 without Kevin Durant. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you say. I think they would have beat LeBron in one of those years. I think LeBron would have got another one had KD not arrived, but I believe that they might have split in 2017-2018. They didn't need no Kevin Durant. I'm sorry. They didn't need him. I don't believe in that claim. This like just shows, like this like tweet just shows that KD is sensitive, again, to the fact that Steph Curry means so much to the Golden State Warriors fan base. And without Steph Curry, they're not winning those. I don't know. I just, I feel like KD, he's got to chill, bro, on on these social media apps. And also, I'm not done with KD because also, he went on million dollars worth of game podcast, okay? The million dollars worth of game podcast podcast and expressed why he chose the Golden State Warriors. Remember, in 2016, free agent, I was like, is he going to San Antonio with Kawhi? Is he going to Boston? Those are the two spots I thought he was going to go. But he went to Golden State. We know that. So, here's what he said on this podcast. All right? The organization, talking about the Warriors, okay? The organization, never been a winning organization when I was in the league nobody liked will in state so it felt like an underdog team I'm looking at the totality of the franchise not looking at what happened this last five years like you've never been a perennial winner in the NBA from the 50s on up so I'm like damn it's an underdog franchise so this feels like where I'm supposed to be can I go back to one line he said I'm looking at the totality of franchise not looking at what happened in the last five years you want to know what that is guys you want to know what that is we call that cap we call that cap in other words this isn't true this isn't true not looking at what happened in the last five years man you know you know full well that they were no underdogs. What? Underdogs? What are you talking about, underdogs? Do you not see? Can you tell me what happened in 2016? What happened? Oh wait, they were 73 and 9. I get where he's coming from, I get what he's trying to say, but it's not it's not adding up. It's not adding up, okay? Because he did, in fact, look at the totality of the franchise, yeah, they're not the Lakers, not Celtics, but he did in fact look at the last five years. And in that, 2016, 73 and 9, greatest team in terms of record of all time, go to the finals. Oh, yeah, by the way, 2015, they won the finals. They won the finals. I I don't get it. I don't get it. He's trying to change the narrative. He's trying to make it sound better that he joined this team. I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm still like, that was a weak move. He's trying to change the narrative to say, yeah, they needed his help. They didn't need you. I don't care how good you are, they didn't need you. Come on, Kev. And again, back to the thing about Steph Curry and liking that tweet saying that Steph Curry's trash and needed another MVP for a championship. If KD was so superior to Steph Curry and feels that way and feels like he was the guy, then why didn't you beat him in the 2016 Western Conference Finals up 3-1? If you're so superior and think Steph's trash, why didn't you beat him? Why did you let him come back 3-1? I don't get this, bro. I don't understand it. He's lying, okay? He's, he's literally change, trying to change the narrative here and say that, yeah, you know what? Because they're not a great franchise overall, it was okay, it was justified to go join them in 2016. Nope. That's what we call a cap. That is not believable. I don't believe that. I don't vibe with that I don't agree with that okay because he knows fully knows who they were in 2016 he knows fully knows who they were in 2015 when they won the championship don't give me that let's move to the Lakers real quick okay the Lakers are a team who I believed were going to the championship and will win right that was my preseason prediction Lakers over Nets now A lot of teams are injured this year, and we saw Anthony Davis. He was out for a long, long time. He just came back against the Mavericks the other day. But Dennis Schroeder, he comes out and says, I put my money on us. Talking about the Lakers and their chances this year. And you know what? Despite the injuries, despite LeBron being out, I agree. I don't have any concern when it comes to the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron is ex- expected sorry, to be out a bit longer, right? We thought that he was going to come back soon. He might be out a few more weeks. So that's a lot closer to the play-in, right? But honestly, even if he plays five or six regular season games left on the schedule, they'll be fine. It's just like the bubble. Remember the bubble? We didn't just jump in the playoffs. We played a few games, get your juices flowing, get the blood flowing, and then... Here you go, the playoffs. I think that LeBron needs just a few games. I don't. I don't even. I'm not even stressed. Honestly, I'm not stressed at all. I believe this is still the team to beat in the West, and I get it. The West is is, is a crap crapshoot right now. You know, it's it's so many teams in there. Utah is fantastic. I want to put respect on Utah's name. I want to, and I know Donovan Mitchell's out, but let's respect what he's done this year. Let's respect the Sixth Man of the Year, Jordan Clarkson. Bogdanovich is serious. I love Joe Engels. Right? I love Joe Engels. We we're talking about Gobert. You know, the stifled tower. Like, and Quinn Snyder, he is fighting right now for the coach of the year. It's between him and Monty Williams. Williams, who I had. So respect them. You have, like I said, Phoenix with Monty Williams. They're there. Are they going to be a threat for the championship? I don't believe so. I think they need a few more parts. I think they don't have the experience, the playoff experience right now. Denver, they don't have Jamal Murray. Portland, Dame's hurt, but Portland's kind of fallen off. You know, the Clippers, though. The Clippers are playing well. The Clippers are a team to watch. They they look to be more serious this year. I'm not going to lie. They look serious this year. So keep an eye on them. But if I'm looking at the Western Conference, man, I'm not even worried in the slightest about the Los Angeles Lakers. Because given health, they will beat anybody. And... I think their their bench. It's up to their bench. You know they've gotten a lot of reps with with no AD with no LeBron. They've gotten a lot more play time. Um, so this helps them leading into the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have any concern. So I agree with Dennis Schroder. i I'd, I'd still put my money on the Lakers to come out the West. And depending on who they play in the finals, they might beat them too. All right. Now, real quick, I just had to bring up some football. Real quick. Um, to Cleveland, to Cleveland. So, Davian Clowney recently signed with the Browns, right? Recently, recently signed with the Browns. Can't even talk. <laughs> now, I believe that the the pressure is on. The pressure is on Baker Mayfield. It's on. Along with Matthew Stafford, Carson Wentz, Kyler Murray, those are three guys I think have the most pressure From the quarterback spot this season and i'm going to put baker mayfield right with them there is just way too much talent out here for the browns not to do anything okay they now have four first rounders on the d line um and they they have either first rounder or early second rounder at every other position almost on this football team okay they got stars all over the squad Your defense, you got Miles Garrett, Sheldon Richardson, um, you got now Clowney's there, Del Pitt, you know, Grant Del Pitt, he's coming back, Um, Troy Hill, John Johnson, who they got from the Rams. This defense is serious. Offensively, we know who they are. Nick Chubb, William Hunt, Jarvis Landry, Hooper, Joku, OBJ. Odell Beckham, he's coming back. So, Baker, it's up to you. You won the playoff game in Pittsburgh, which is fantastic, right? But with all this talent coming back and better and Stefanski, right, who's a great coach. We saw this this past season. He did a great job with the Cleveland Browns. Coach of the year. It's up to Baker Mayfield. He can't mess this up and they just picked up his his, uh, fifth-year option. So if he does mess it up, then I don't think the Browns are gonna believe in him anymore. But if he builds on what he did this past season, winning a playoff game, almost beating Kansas City, you know, I think that it's only going up for the Cleveland Browns right now. But yeah, after what I saw with Clowney signing there, I think the Browns are a serious team to watch in the AFC. They might win their division, they might, right? depending on th- how things go and they might do some damage in the playoffs. But now to the baller alert and disappointing alert of the day. All right, so the baller alert has to be the New York Knicks. The Knicks are playing well. New York, New York. Stand up. Stand up. They're right now fourth in the East. Julius Randle, man. I look. He he came out of Kentucky. Drafted by the Lakers, didn't quite live up to the hype, right? And we were pretty disappointed with how he came out um, his first few years in the league. But now, but now it looks like he's coming into his own. It looks like we are seeing him become a star, okay? All-star type of player. The Knicks have turned things around. Shout out to Leon Rose and those guys. The Knicks are moving on up. And also, by the way, um, RJ Barrett, shout out to Canada. He's playing well, too. I think that people were too quick to give up on him. Um, I was like, give it some more time. Give it a few years, and then he's really going to be that guy. All right? But he's playing well this year. Um, Tom Thibodeau, he has them playing some great defense in New York. Look, man. The Big Apple. If they continue this, this trend, a few years down the line, will they get a free agent? You never know. You never know, man. But right now, it's looking good in New York for the Knicks. Will they do something in the, in the playoffs? I doubt it, especially depending on matchups. Let's say they fall a bit and play a team like Milwaukee or Brooklyn or Philly in the first round. They're not going to win that. But let's say they match up with a team like 4-5 in, in the bracket like Atlanta. Um, or, or, I don't know. Uh, not Boston. I don't think they're beating Boston. All right. But let's say Charlotte somehow climbs up once again. Because every, every team is bunched up right now in the Eastern Conference. So let's say a team like Atlanta or somebody plays them. They might win that. You never know. But, you know, the Knicks are playing well. But the disappointment alert is that everyone in the NBA is hurt. Everyone. And I said earlier in the episode, at one part, that the nba this season doesn't have that fire it doesn't have that buzz as usual um this this could be because covid this could be because there's still no fans up in there i know there's like two thousand fans in in these arenas but that's nothing okay it's not a packed house um it could be because you know they're coming you know outside of the bubble and and it all happened so fast, but everyone's hurt. Like the stars are hurt. Whenever we're watching a primetime game on ESPN or TNT, no one's playing. One, because of injury, but also another issue I have is because everyone's load managing, everyone's taking a night off. I think that's bad for the league because what's the point in watching a Sixers and Nets game, for example, if Ben Simmons can't play because he's hurt, If Joel Embiid wants to sit out, if KD wants to sit out, if Harden is hurt, if Kyrie wants to sit out, like come on, man, what's the point? These networks have to do something about this. Adam Silver has to do something about people sitting out. But the problem is everyone's hurt. Trey Young, KD, Harden, Dame, Jalen Brown, Lamelo Ball, um, Jamal Murray, Zach Levine, Ben Simmons, Anthony Davis. Even though he came back, he was out for a long time. LeBron James. Um, Victor Oladipo, Donovan Mitchell, like, how many names did I just name off? Kawhi was even hurt. So I think that is due to the pace of the game now because we see how many possessions there are per game. We see how quick they're moving. So much more movement now, uh, you know, than ever before. So that could point to it. But it's also the fact that they came out of the bubble so fast and said, you know what, we're having a season right now. You guys get no rest. Blah, blah, blah. We understand it was for money. We understand that. But my thing is do we cut the season? Moving forward, do we cut the season from 82 games to 60 something games? To like 62. Take 20 games off of that. Right? Because these guys are getting hurt at some crazy levels right now, which is very disappointing because that adds to the fact that guys already sit out all the time. So we don't get to see these guys play together. Right? don't get to see these superstars play against each other on national TV so we're left with watching these G League level teams because no one's playing due to injury and due to load management slash not wanting to play that's my problem Uh, it's pretty disappointing I hope these guys will get back healthy for the playoffs because those are right around the corner All right. But thank you guys for listening to the show. That's all I have for you today. All right. Be sure to stay tuned for my mock draft episode coming very soon. Again, uh, thank you for listening to me um, on YouTube, um, on Spotify, wherever you get um, this podcast. I just appreciate you guys. But again, stay safe and I'll see you next time. Yay.